Hi everybody, this is Ben, and this is Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing thoughts about the human body and a glimpse into life in medical school. This podcast is a personal project for your entertainment and education, but it is not professional medical advice. I'm just a medical student. It also does not represent the views of my medical school or any organizations that I'm affiliated with. Hi everybody, welcome back. This is episode 26, and I'm just finished with week 29 of medical school. Last week was my first week of musculoskeletal system, and uh, the first time in the anatomy cadaver lab at med school. So it was a pretty exciting week. Um, Let's get to some of the highlights. So I had my first introduction to the cadavers and the cadaver in the anatomy lab. The gross anatomy lab. I guess I wasn't too worried about what I would think or see. Um, we had a bit of preparation to think about it a long while ago, maybe in the first week of medical school. We read some medical student accounts of gross anatomy and we were encouraged to reflect on what we thought it would be like. Um, now, though, it's seven months later and we're in the lab again, wearing scrubs, old shoes, not really knowing what it's going to be like. I was told that maybe like embalming fluid could get on our clothes. So we all are wearing lab coats and we kind of all look like um, mad scientists or kids playing dress up because the lab coats are way bigger than most of our normal clothes. Um, the cadavers are all laid out on tables and they're, they start out basically in, in body bags, blue body bags that are zipped up. There's enough room to walk between all the anatomy tables. There's probably 10 different or 12 different tables that are out. Each table has a checklist on it, which matches um, all of the objective pieces of anatomy that we're supposed to learn for this, this week. And different parts of the checklist are checked off for that cadaver, meaning that someone in our med school, either staff member or student, has dissected that part of the cadaver made those structures that we need to look up visible. So that's where we can actually see um, a real life example of this muscle or nerve or bone that we're trying to find and that we need to be able to identify in the future on our on our anatomy exams. People who've gone through the whole anatomy thing, class where you start and you spend three months just dissecting cadavers, they are not totally sold that it was necessarily the best use of time. So in our model, we spend no time doing dissection unless we take an elective that actually does where you um, perform dissections. So for our anatomy, we're actually looking at cadavers that have already been dissected by our classmates or by staff. I was nervous that it was going to be kind of difficult to spend a lot of time in the anatomy lab because maybe it would smell bad or be uncomfortable. Um, but it was, it felt like very clean and there is a smell of the embalming fluid, but I didn't find it that disturbing. And, uh, some, some of my classmates I think did, but it didn't really bother me very much. And, uh, so I was happy about that and I definitely can see myself, um, yeah, spending as much time as I need to, to really learn the anatomy directly from the cadavers in the anatomy lab. One of the most amazing things about being in the cadaver lab is that, um, 
I can move the, the body around. I can actually, you know, flex the digits of the hand or even tug on one of the muscles that extends the fingers and see how that sort of translates into movement further down the limb. And this is the sort of thing that you just can't do in a software program. And it's, it's really helpful. That's one of the most valuable things about the anatomy lab. One aspect of the anatomy lab is that all of the cadavers are from gifts from people who've donated their bodies to be used for this purpose after they die. And they've also had agreements with their family members to, to use their body in this way. And the gift of their body will last for a certain amount of time. And then after that time is up, then their body will be cremated by the medical school and then returned to the family or also could be interred on the medical school lot in the cemetery. One of my big goals for my first year of medical school is to get involved in some research projects. And it looks like the one in the, looks like uh, we're moving forward with a project in the emergency department to study whether one anti-nausea medication works as well or maybe better than the one that's currently the first, the drug of first choice in the emergency department for nausea. The way this actually works is each one of the medical students that's helping with the research project is going to have uh, a day of the week where we're on call. And then on that day, we get a pager. And if someone comes into the emergency department complaining of nausea, um, then it's we'll get a page and we'll have to look in the medical record to find out whether that person might be eligible to participate in the trial. And if they are eligible, then we have to try to get their consent to see if they would um, actually participate. It's all voluntary for them to participate. And a big part of the research ethics is that they need to be able to make an informed choice about whether to participate in the research based on any possible risks and benefits that might come to them from participating. I think this project should be uh, hopefully a pretty easy sell because the medication that we're trying is already one of the medications that could be used to treat their nausea in the emergency department. It's just that we don't have enough evidence. We're, we're trying to gather more evidence to show the world how useful this medication can be and to try to elevate it to maybe its rightful place as maybe the first line treatment for nausea instead of the other medication. The, the, amazing thing about this study is the double blind randomized controlled study. So if someone agrees to be in the, in the trial, then we'll call the pharmacy and they'll deliver us like a little black pouch that has a drawn up amount of medicine in it. And the patient, myself, nobody will know whether that's the um, standard treatment or the experimental treatment. Both, I believe, are actually medications that are used to treat nausea. But the question then is going to be, uh, and so then the next job is once that medication is delivered, the researcher myself will need to go back in 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and 90 minutes to evaluate their symptoms. And then someone on the research team will follow up with them a day later to see, um, to ask some follow-up questions. So that's the way the trial is going to work. And we hope to maybe get 
a couple hundred people to consent and to participate. When all this is done, then we can start uh, analyzing the data and writing our results. So it looks like the trial is going to start in the beginning of April. So things are ramping up. We have, um, I'm just getting my access into the computer system and um, that's going to be really cool. I'm a little bit nervous about how spending, you know, almost a whole day, well, really a whole day on call a week is going to work, but I think I'll be able to make it work. So let's hope so. Fingers crossed. It. I really feel lucky to be able to get in on this research uh, project because a randomized controlled trial, double blind um, trial is such a high level of research that really could transform people's thoughts about using this drug. And so to be able to be a part of that fresh into medical school, that just seems so exciting. So that's coming up. I'm really happy that that's moving forward. That's a pretty cool reason to be busy this week. Well, that's all I'm going to get into today. Yeah, I would say that definitely the, the word of the week is busy. I'm happy with a lot of the projects that I'm starting to get into. I think I'm performing at a pretty high level, getting a lot of studying done, getting a lot of anatomy memorized, hopefully just learning a lot. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you to David Funkhauser for our intro and outro music. Have a great week, everybody.